May 6, 2021. I'm Avi Kaufman. And I'm Ron Scharf. And this is Accent Insights. Well, we've got a lot going on now deep into the spring market here in Brookline and the surrounding towns. Avi and I have both been very active. We've got five or six deals going on right now. Some of them we can't talk about just yet because they're a little too young. Uh, but we are going to follow up shortly with another with another episode because we've had some some interesting adventures in the market that we want to talk about. Some crazy people doing crazy things that we want to uh, <laughs> we want to explore a little further. But today we we wanted to talk about something that we've been talking about for a little while, and that is pets in condos. Bringing your pet or finding a condo that works both for you as a homeowner or potential homeowner and for your furry friend. This sounds like it should be easy, but but it's not sometimes. That's right. Uh, when you're buying a condo as opposed to a single family house, there's an extra layer of rules. There's the condo association rules, and they often or almost always say something about pets. And so if you have a pet and you don't want to part with them, um, it's critical that you look into the condo rules and know what you're dealing with. We were just looking at one um, the other day, Ron, a place you're familiar with on uh, 19 Harris, where uh, they had a rule that um, no cats, um, which is, is reasonable. But if someone's looking and they have a cat, that would clearly be a deal breaker for them. So it's just something important to know. Right. And actually, so the, the, the one in 19 Harris is particularly crazy. And I can say that because I wrote it. It doesn't actually say no cats. What it says, in fact, is that a single dog under 25 pounds is allowed and other pets are allowed as long as no one in the association is allergic to them. And that's that's unusual and you don't normally find that. Now, why is that there? Um, that's there because I created this condo association and I am highly, highly, highly allergic to cats. And when we decided we were going to sell the other unit, I had a giant fear that, you know, someone's going to come in here. And my life is going to become a living hell because there's a cat and somehow uh, the allergens are going to get through the units. Is that definitely going to happen? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, because it was my association to create, I put in that rule. And and in fact, um, Avi, as, as you heard, brought some clients to see the place. They, I, I hear they liked it, um, but they, they had some cats and that means this is not their home. Um, that's okay. I mean, this is why we do due diligence up front is so that there aren't surprises later. Um, imagine the surprise if we got all the way to closing and they move in and then the uh, day one, the, the, the irate neighbor comes up and says, hey, nice to meet you. Welcome. And uh, you have to get rid of your cats now. Right. Um, so <laughs> right. No, that's, I mean, and, and truthfully, in my association, it's a little bit more complicated because the way it's written, if I move out, you know, if someone has a dog downstairs, let's say, and I move out and someone else comes in who's allergic to dogs, technically by the, by the rules of the association, that person could ask, you know, an existing homeowner to get rid of their pet if it causes them problems. But that is unusual. But what's not unusual is, you know, as Avi said, is some kind of pet restriction. And I, you know, I want to talk about it a little bit because, you know, this, this 25 pound thing that we have in our documents, completely arbitrary. You know, the, the lawyer who helped me draft these suggested it. Um, but then I had a client a couple of years ago who had a big dog who told me that, you know, that's a ridiculous restriction because sometimes the small dogs are the yappy loud ones and the big ones are kind of, you know, just kind of lazy and flop around and don't make any noise or cause any hassle. So they're set in stone for the association 
uh, for all intents and purposes. They can be negotiated by someone coming in, um, but you know they don't. They're not always rational. They're not always right, and there's a there's a whole range of how these are written. There's not a sort of standard pet clause in the and the pet clauses do get um, changed over time by the association. If you're going into a unit and there's just into an association and there's just one other unit, maybe you can include something in your offer that says this is a contingent on you negotiating on, on you the seller negotiating a change with the other unit. But if you're going into a large association, it's a pretty big ask to change the rules. So it's important to understand them. Um, so what are some of the common restrictions? Often we'll see, it will say something like limit it to a certain number of pets, uh, or it might be by weight, um, or, which as Ron said, is sort of arbitrary. It can also limit it by the type of pet. For example, it might say cats only, or cats and dogs, or cats, dogs, and reptiles, um, but no ferrets. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm laughing because, you know, I'll be, I'll be saying that for a reason. Actually, I have, I have a, a client who I helped buy a place, uh, that has a rental inside it that, that Avi helped me find a tenant for. And this particular owner is, is someone who I would not have expected to allow pets. And then, and then we had a, an applicant, um, who came Great applicants, said, very strong applicants, strong applicants. And they said, Oh, by the way, we have ferrets. Is that okay? And I said, boy, you know, there's no way these people, are going to allow ferrets if they have, you know, small kids and they, you know, they like things, you know, in their house to be under control, things like that. Anyway, it turns out we asked them, oh, yeah, my daughter had ferrets years ago. We, we don't mind them at all. So you never know. Um, that, that wasn't a condo. That was a rental. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people will surprise you. I, just to give another story, as Avi said, it's, it's, these things are easier in a small association. Um, I have a rental on the market right now at 77 Verndale Street and the other unit was recently sold. And those people did exactly what Avi said. Uh, that association, their documents allowed for one dog. And the people who wanted to buy the place downstairs had two. And so they had to come, the, the, the seller, you know, who was a neighbor of my client for years, came to my client and said, hey, can we, can we redo these documents? And yeah, my client had to think about it because he had to think about, well, does it hurt me uh, from a resale perspective down the line? Does it create additional nuisance? So, you know, what they did was they did allow for two dogs. There's some good faith working together and things like that. So it is, as Avi said, easier to negotiate in a small association um, and and probably uh, near impossible to do it in a large association. Yes. And I think what's sometimes scary for, for buyers who have a beloved pet is that there's a lot of ambiguity in the way things are sometimes written uh, or and you don't always have complete certainty. For example, it might say you can have a dog or you can have a pet, whatever the restriction, um, as long as it doesn't become a nuisance. And if it becomes a nuisance, the association is allowed to tell you to get rid of it. Well, and whose judgment is it a nuisance? You know, you have the dog, you love the dog, it's living with you for a couple of years. And then one day someone says, oh, I don't like it anymore. It's a nuisance. So I think that's sometimes the scary part. Right. I agree. Language, language like that is always um, problematic, you know, both in terms of understanding it and then in terms of enforcement, because then, you know, if you are the non-pet owner or the one who's being, who has a negative impact from someone else's pet, what does it really mean to be a nuisance? And then how far are you going to go to enforce that or try to enforce that? Because that can be costly. It will cause, um, you know, deterioration in neighbor relations. Um, you know, it's, so it, 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 language like that, 
you know, looks better on paper than it does in reality if you're the one who doesn't want the pet. And, uh, you know, these are all things that need to be considered. But, you know, the, the pet restrictions, I, you know, the client who had the big dog who told me that my 25 pound restriction was silly. Um, we looked for three years and we, we had to pass on several, several great condos uh, for that family because they just did not allow dogs at all. Um, yeah. And of course, a much bigger, more nuanced topic that we can talk about is, you know, when a, when an animal is deemed to be sort of medically necessary. So, you know, for example, a service dog or something like that, um, you get into a whole different area of the law. And I, and as I understand it, I think Avi knows a little bit more, but we're going to save this for, for a later podcast is, I mean, the emotional support animal might not be subject to the same protections as, you know, a, a more traditional service animal. So we're going to, we're going to hold off on that one, but uh we did, we did want to sort of just bring up this, you know, this, this other element, you know, it's hard enough to find, you know, a place in a neighborhood you like in condition that you're willing to take uh, at a price you can afford and, you know, under current bidding conditions, which, which are pretty aggressive, uh, throw in the animal and it's just another layer of complexity it is. And, and you know what, though? Sometimes when we talk about this from a, a legal attorney sort of standpoint, and like, these are the restrictions, and it's easy to get scared. But I think it's important to also remember that the, the overall context, lots of people have pets and live in condos. Um, it generally works. We just have to check the, the documents and make sure that it works in your particular case. I mean, just even over this past year with the pandemic, it feels like uh, the dog population in Brookline has tripled. That's true. Uh, so, so, you know, there's a way to make this work and we're not trying to scare you just to, to say like, these are things that, you know, they're worth checking out. And there's another wrinkle too. We've been mostly talking about condos in this context. Um, and, you know, a single family house, you can have a cat or dog or whatever you want, but what about farm animals? What about uh, chickens? That's another wrinkle. Um, so, <laughs> and, and so some, not Brookline, but some communities are what's called right to farm communities. And this is more common in, in some of the more rural parts of the state. Um, where, so this came up a uh, question with, with the land that I'm selling out in the Berkshires, and you have to disclose, is this a right to farm community or not? Because someone buying will want to know, is it possible that I build my nice house and then right next door, there's a block of chickens. Uh, but even in Brookline, you are allowed to have chickens. Um, you just have to have them a certain distance from your neighbors. That's right. I haven't seen them in Brookline, but I have certainly seen them in Cambridge. Uh, when I used to work in Cambridge, I used to bike by a house that had a very uh, obvious looking chicken coop right there in the front yard. And uh, apparently people who have chickens love having them. So, you know, if, you, if you've got chickens, you know, we can help you with that as well. I know, uh, I think at least two houses that have chicken coops in Brookline. Uh-huh. And they're both single family houses. And the, the chickens seem to be well cared for. And uh, uh, they're like natural pesticides or insecticides in that they eat or whatever comes through. So, so bottom line here is if you have a furry or a feathered friend that is a part of your family and you're looking for a condo, you must tell your agent um, that this is, this is part of the package because it is something that, that your agent should be checking. Very first thing, if you see something that you like that might work for you, check the condo docs for potential pet restrictions because you know, the worst thing that happens is when someone fall, falls in love with a place and then have to make the choice, you know, is this home without the animal or do we keep looking? That's that's no fun. So better to better to turn it off right away if that's not going to work. 
Well, thank you. That's all for now. We'll look forward to picking this up and talking more about the market and some of the uh, huge uptick in activity we've seen in the past couple days. Yep, that's coming next week. So stay tuned for that. Enjoy the nice weather and we'll talk to you then.